Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. Up to this point, this podcast has primarily been focused on organizational challenges, leadership, uh, people in organizations, um, teamwork, measuring teams, really anything to do with people in organizations. But what I want to do now is I want to make it personal and I want to make it very personal because the reality is doesn't matter what you do, what your role is in life or in work, everything comes down to you as an individual. How healthy are you in your emotional environment? How healthy are you in your state of mind? Those are key indicators of how much time, energy, and effort and focus that you can put toward getting things done the way you want them to be done, achieving your goals, reaching success, having satisfaction. To achieve those things, to achieve success and satisfaction in life, we as human beings need to be able to operate in a way that allows us to make our best decisions, to take our best actions, and to have a mindset that fosters those things consistently. We all want to experience our best life. We hear it all the time. Live your best life. And there are, I'm sure, a million different self-help approaches to living your best life. I'm going to approach it differently. I'm going to approach it from a, a neuroscience perspective. And please don't turn it off right now when I say science. It's going to be very practical and very real, but I think we have to understand what is it that allows us to be more successful? What is it that allows us to have more satisfaction in our life and in our work? It only happens when there's a balance in our lives that frees up time, focus, and energy. These three critical resources are limited resources. You only have so much time, energy, and focus every day. And I know for me at least, by the end of the day, depending on the demand on those three resources, I can be pretty depleted in how much of each of those I have left. So how we spend those is very important to what we can achieve. And we also know that if there's a lot going on for us internally, worrying about relationships or something at work or something with the kids or something with another relationship or our finances or our lifestyle or what might happen in the future or events that are coming up. I mean, you could keep that list going forever. The more that we put our time, energy, and focus to deal with those internal concerns, 
which some of them could very well need that time, energy, and focus to deal with. But the reality is you're spending those resources on those things. Again, maybe maybe necessary to do that. But a lot of times, at least for me, I find myself spending time, energy, and resources like focus on things that are really not that important or one of my favorite things, and I don't mean favorite in a good way, one of my things that I do is I worry about something that might happen in the future and how it might be negative. That's a lot of might be's. It's a lot of what ifs. A lot of times those things never even happen. So how we choose to spend our internal resources, time, focus, and energy, and effort, you can add effort to that, is really going to make an impact on our success, on our satisfaction, and simply on how much we enjoy our lives. I want to focus today on emotional intelligence or the measure of it, which is EQ, in life and work. The emotional environment we live in plays a massive role in our satisfaction, our success, our enjoyment, our well-being, our effectiveness, our relationships. The amount of emotional load that we carry is a measure of that emotional environment. How much emotional load are you carrying? That's the first question. The second question that I want you to think about, how much of that should you be carrying? It's easy to be worried and anxious and fearful and stressed out and keep on going. You can add all kinds of emotions in there. You could also add joyful and encouraging and and curious and other kinds of, of more positive or more productive emotions in there as well. But the ones that burden us, the ones that hold us back, how big is your load? How big is that emotional load when it comes to your current emotional environment? Then the next question that follows that is, what do you want to do about that? A lot of people think, well, there's not much I can do because the situation won't change. I can't control everything. Therefore, I'm just going to have to continue to live in these emotions. Spoiler alert. No, you don't. You don't have to live in those emotions. Actually, except for the first few seconds of feeling an emotion, when an emotion is generated in you because you've experienced something, the intensity of that only lasts for a few seconds. What you choose to allow to live on in your life, emotion-wise, is a choice. So let's talk about that. The measure of emotional intelligence, as I said, is called EQ, emotional quotient. It has three major categories. If you think of EQ skills, emotional intelligence skills, falling into three categories. They are self-awareness, self-management, and self-direction. 
Self-awareness. What is self-awareness? The ability to clearly and objectively see yourself. That makes sense, right? From an EQ perspective, it's truly understanding your emotions, the impact that they have, being able to actually define those emotions, and recognizing your patterns and what emotions emotional drivers or emotional detractors are embedded in those patterns. We may call those triggers. When you get into a certain pattern, you may be triggered with a certain type of emotion that those emotions are embedded in some of your patterns. The deeper you go, the more you learn about yourself, the more self-aware you actually become. And I think that's where I want to focus on self-awareness. You can get to know yourself better. You can look beyond the surface. You can look under the waterline on the iceberg and see what's going on below the surface related to the emotions you're having, what's generating those emotions, what's the root cause of those emotions, and what can you do about that. That's self-awareness. Why is self-awareness important? Well, for a lot of reasons. Self-awareness at a higher level allows you to make better decisions. You're better informed. Therefore, you can make better decisions. You can behave more intentionally. You can foster emotional courage so that you can take action. You can identify unhealthy or unwanted patterns that you would like to change. You can enhance your agility and your resilience. You can connect and build trust with others better. All of those are really good reasons why we should do a a better job of becoming more self-aware. Self-awareness is not some meditation methodology where you sit and listen to music and And, you know, the realities of the universe are then revealed to you. That's not what this is at all. This is taking a very practical approach to looking at yourself and the many facets of who you are, especially around emotions, how they impact your lives, and they impact every part of your life. And understanding what all of that is first what it does to you, second, and then start to get a feel for what would I like to change. Then we talk about the the second big category, which is self-management. Self-management is the ability to maintain intentionality in making good choices so that you can get good outcomes. EQ skills allow us to manage our emotional responses when they're well-developed. Self-management is a set of EQ skills and competencies that help us to be more intentional with our choices. So instead of just reacting, we can respond. We can take a little more time. It's easy to react to something, but Are the outcomes you get when you react, are they what you want them to be? Usually, reaction is rapid and it's not well thought through. 
that's not necessarily a bad thing when you're in a situation where the triggering of emotions happens to save you from bodily harm. Let's say you step out off the sidewalk into the street, you look to the left, there's a huge bus coming at you at high speed. What you're feeling in that moment is going to give you the energy to get out of the way and save your life, which is a really good thing. It's a natural part of our survival instincts. It's that fight, flight, or freeze reaction that's really just embedded in our, in our survival part of our brain. We've all experienced times in our lives when emotions have kicked in to limit harm to us, giving us the energy and motivation to stay safe. Those are good things. However, in our world today, fight, flight, freeze, they're not that great a thing when it comes to life and work, barring extreme circumstances. Responding to emotions, we're still talking self-management here. Responding to emotions that we feel is, is usually going to get better outcomes. If you can take the time and think it through. Actually, there's real science behind the old saying, count to 10 when you're mad. I'm sure you probably heard that saying. Your mom, your grandma, somebody may have said that to you. The science is simply that when you get a flood of emotions because you've experienced something, pretty much it clears the brain in about six seconds. What does that do? It allows us to think more clearly and be more intentional with our choices and how we respond. It doesn't mean that those emotions completely go away. What it means is the intensity gets turned down, gets reduced and diminished. That self-management skill set is a critical skill set when you think of navigating your emotions and the emotions of other people. And also, when you consider how much emotional load you're carrying, how much emotional burden that you have, and how freeing yourself up from some of that could get back more time, energy, and focus to put into things that you want to put into, to get better outcomes, to get more success, to enjoy life more. Now, the third major category in emotional intelligence we talk about is self-direction. Self-direction is about purpose. What is the overarching purpose in your life that you use as a standard and you hold your decision-making up to that purpose? What standards have you chosen to live your life by? Self-direction is a leadership function. You're a leader to yourself. That's what self-direction is. I'm sure that you observe people who lead themselves very well and others who don't. If you look deep enough, you'll find emotional drivers and emotional detractors, things that hold you back, uh, will explain a lot of the differences between those two groups of people. Self-direction has two main components. The first is empathy. The ability to truly understand other people's perspectives, their perceptions, and their feelings 
and how that's impacting them, putting yourself in their shoes and really understanding where they're coming from. And the second is that standard or standards that you choose to live your life by. People who have those two competencies of emotional intelligence well-developed connect well with other people and have a sense of purpose that drives their decisions and actions. To state it simply, they care about what others think and feel. They take that into account as they make their own decisions and they take actions and they stay true to their own purpose through that process. You can also call this self-leadership. Now, as we look at our world today, what are the challenges when we talk about emotional intelligence and using those skills? What are we up against? This is a world of constant change, uncertainty, and increasing complexity. To maintain a healthy emotional mindset can be very difficult at times. Let me do a quick exercise with you. I want you to think of something that is unresolved in your life right now that your mind keeps coming back to. So something that's unresolved in your life right now that your mind just keeps coming back to. What are your thoughts about that thing, whatever that is? What are your emotions that are being generated when you think of that? Be very specific when you name those emotions because that's going to be important. What impact are those emotions having on you? Are they keeping you stuck? Are you cycling in non-productive ways? Are you wasting time or focus or energy? What's happening? What impact is that unresolved issue in your life creating? The emotions that are generated, they are creating an impact of some kind. What would it be like if you had resolution to that issue? What would you feel then? That's an exercise I like to use a lot when I coach people especially when they're struggling with a specific relationship or situation where they're, they just they have this set of emotions that they can't seem to get past. It's creating a significant roadblock for them. And I like them to walk through that exercise because there are exit ramps to get off that circular highway they're on that just keeps going round and round. Even if you can't resolve the specific situation itself, you can achieve emotional resolution. I'm going to say that again. Even if you cannot resolve the specific situation itself, you can achieve emotional resolution. Our emotional environment is what we choose it to be. Yes, when we experience something, we're going to have an immediate emotional response. That is normal. But that initial flood of emotions only lasts for about six seconds. It is then that we make a choice of what emotions we allow to live on in our lives and in our emotional environment. 
Do those initial emotions go away entirely? Probably not. But the intensity of those emotions will diminish if we allow them to. Have you ever hung on to emotions because you wanted to? Even if they were hurtful emotions, somebody wronged you and you just held on to that anger or that that desire for revenge or whatever that emotion happened to be. You know, I think we've all probably done that at some point. That's not really healthy. So what do we do with these three major categories of emotional intelligence? How can we grow them, develop them, and put them at work in our lives so that we can have frankly, a more successful, satisfying, and enjoyable life. Let's look at that. It really comes down to something fairly simple, maybe simple to understand, not so simple to do. We can choose to hang on to emotions that are hurtful, essentially reinforcing them, or we can choose to redirect those emotions into something that is more productive. We definitely want to hang on to emotions that encourage us and that lift us up. I'm not saying get rid of those. Hang on to those. Those will help you. That helps to balance out your emotional environment. Those are important. The point is we choose our emotional environment to a great degree. I always remember a saying my dad, the psychologist, used to say to me. And it took me a while to really understand this at at its true depth. But he would always say, hey, your attitude will define your altitude. I really had to think about that. And I finally kind of sunk in the better my attitude, the higher I can fly, the higher my altitude can be. While we cannot control everything, we can control how we choose to react or respond to different situations. We can choose the emotions that we allow to live on in our lives, the emotions we allow to impact that emotional environment that we're living in. EQ, emotional intelligence, is the one skill set that is most predictive of success. Research shows us that it is two to four times more predictive of success than IQ, just rational intelligence. We used to think IQ was it. The higher the IQ, the better off you're going to be and the more successful you can be. And reality shows us that's not true. Here's a question I want to leave you with. If you could invest in something that would make you more successful, more satisfied, and live a more enjoyable life, how much value does that have for you? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. 
We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.